Welcome to It's Ms. Max Health and Culture. Health is a way of living and the mindset. Culture is a way of being and honoring who we are as a people. Fuse it together for a way of vibing. Take this journey with me. I'll see you inside. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to On The Wake Up Radio. My name is Maxine Sinclair from Isthmus Max Health and Culture, and I have a special edition for you today. Ooh, we got some Halloween Eve scary stuff going on. Um, but first, I would like to give a special shout out to super producer Cindy Ashby. Without her, none of this would be possible. I thank you for everything that you do, Cindy. And also know that you can catch replays on SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple, um, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. But of course, we prefer that you sign up with otw2.com. And of course, if you'd like to listen to us live today, please come on to onthewakeupradio.com. And if you would like to call in today on this topic, please give us a call at area code 844 844- 818-4433. And without further ado, let's get down to our topic. You hear I got the Michael Myers music playing in the background. You know, Michael was crazy. I had, this is my special guest today. This is Larry. I'm going to tell you about him. And look at this. He has the red eyes. He's mad. <laughs> okay. Because Larry has not been a good person. I'm going to tell you why. All right. So. So today we are talking about the horrors. Let me turn this down here for you. We are talking today about the horrors of inheritance theft, okay? And it is a scary thing. I don't care what people say. Oh, Halloween is a pagan holiday. Look, people are scary. If we haven't learned that by now, people are very scary. So I attribute that to my friend Larry back here and a lot of the scary people that walk around and do crazy things to people. But really, though, this is a very serious topic. Um, again, my name is Maxine, and I am from Isthmus Max Health and Culture. And if I haven't said this before, I just want to let you guys know what my first profession is, is that I am a licensed health plan advisor. So I'm a health plan advocate for, for um, the elderly. I advocate for any customer that needs assistance with having health insurance information. So there's a lot of information. So we're going to cover some good stuff tonight. So you might say, Maxine, you know, what does um, inheritance theft have to do with health and culture? Well, everything. So think about your health in terms of when you are fighting over money that was taken away from you. Think about the stress that it brings on you, the anxiety um, the sleepless nights, the loss of money, depression, and of course, lastly, illness. So anytime we are dealing with a situation, especially something that's out of our control, it is detrimental to our health. And the thing about when we talk about inheritance theft is that it is one of the most underrated conversations that people have. And I'm going to tell you why. It's because By the time the person realizes that the money has been stolen, the person that they so-called say gave them the money, well, they're long gone. They're no longer with us. And so you say, okay, well, I'm going to go fight you. I'm going to go fight you in court. Well, then you go see a lawyer and the lawyer says, yes, absolutely. You have a case. How much is the um, inheritance worth? And so you're going to give them that amount. 
and they're going to take a fee from that inheritance. However, you still have to pay money to the lawyer. And what happens is a lot of people don't have the money up front, or if they do have the money up front, um, but if depending on the amount of the case, I'll go, I'll bring up James Brown's case. He's he was a very good one. His was not as much as about inheritance theft as much as it was about fighting it. But I'm just letting you know that inheritance theft can go on for many years, and by then sometimes people run out of money. Okay, so let's get down to it. So one of the things um, that we like to talk about is, you know. What, how do people take the money? How is it? Well, there's no one way. There's a lot of different ways. So the first way I'm going to talk about is, you know, usually when a loved one is alive, usually inheritance theft is usually between the surviving wife and the children, but oftentimes it's also between siblings. Okay. So all it takes, all it takes is one sibling to get into the head of the parent and say, look, these are the kids. They're no good. They're not treating you right. Mom or dad, they're not doing you right. Um, I'll, but I'll take care of you. You know, I love you. Right. And so all these dynamics are going on behind the scenes that you may not know anything about. So, again, by the time you find out that the money has been stolen, the person is deceased. Now, let me give you guys a little lecture about something about um, especially if it comes to like a life insurance or money like that. Once a life, once a beneficiary has been named and the person died, it is very difficult. It is very difficult to go retrieve that money. You can't dispute a you can't dispute a beneficiary. It's not like property. So let's just say I live in this property, right? Well, yeah, you can go to the courts and get a lawyer, and we ha I have to split this. This is a tangible item, but when it comes to a beneficiary, it's harder to fight, and it's also a civil matter, and many people may not know that. So you got to go hire a lawyer, and the lawyer is going to want a percentage of what that estate is. It's a headache. It's stressful. The paperwork is insane. You know, when you're dealing with the lawyers, they don't give a damn. But what I want to talk to you today really is about what you can do to really kind of safeguard against that, safeguard making sure that you're protecting your assets with your chill again, you know, for your children or your family or whoever you want to leave the money to. But in order before I get to that, I gotta go back, I gotta touch on some sensitive topics here because usually when it comes to wills and trust and leaving money behind and all these different things, you know, there's even a biblical term that says, you know, people fight over the money that they didn't even earn. Isn't that something? Somebody else had the blood, sweat, and tears, but yet the children and the siblings and the wife and everybody is fighting over the money that they didn't earn, but that's neither here nor there. The money is there and they want it, okay? And so one of the things that parents may do or may not do is that they need to put all the children in one room. They need to put all the children in one room and tell them exactly what their wishes are. Now, that works beautifully if it's a, um, if your family is, you know, you live in harmony and they want to be up front. So that way there's no secrets. But what do you do when you have a family member that wants to leave something to one and not to the other? So whoever, it, let's just say the parent names one of the children the executor, right? 
Now, really what you should do is you should, or the parent should have an, ex, uh, an executor that's outside of the family, meaning somebody that's objective, somebody that don't have no feelings involved, nothing inside that's going to say, okay, I'm going to, they're going to know how to be impartial and they're going to know how to split the money right. But the problem is, is that when you make siblings, if you make two siblings the executor, that well, that's not going to fly. Because what happens is, is that if you make me and my sister the, execu the executor and my brother's left out, then he's going to feel like he gets all the money. So that's the other misnomer people have. People think executor means you get all the money. <laughs> no, that's not what that means. The executor is the person that is over the estate. God forbid something happens to that person, then they're the ones that have to go and do all the administrative work. They're the ones that have to take the money that's left out of the uh, out of the estate and pay off the parents' bills or whatever there is, right? So there's a lot just to just getting the money, but that's what people believe. Also, just to make sure people understand that there are two types of executors. There's a financial executor, one that's over the money, and there's a health power of attorney or a health power of attorney person that's over your health. Those two are just as important. Finances is just as important as the health. The health power attorney is very important. Let me tell you why. If you don't have a health care directive in place and one kid wants to, let's just say, do one thing with the parent and the other kid doesn't, well, if there's nothing in place, then you can lose that battle. So you got to be very careful. It's very important for, for the parents to make their wishes known. And sometimes they do make their wishes known, but as soon as a, the parent becomes capacitated, sometimes they want to take that trust information and put it over to the side. OK, if that makes sense. So it's important that, you know, you have to have that open conversation. And it's I know that it's crazy and a lot of people don't do it. And look, look this is not just a black thing. This is a look money. The greed of money is a culture in itself. It just is. OK, so I, I was looking up before I came on here today and I was looking at um, some articles where people were fighting over the estates were billions of dollars. And they only wanted like maybe just a small percentage of it. But even fighting for a small percentage, and I'm saying a small percentage of billions of dollars, that's still millions of dollars. And it still costs money and it can go on into years. You cannot predict what someone will say in a trust or a will. That's why it's so important to have that, um, that open conversation. The next thing that you have to do is make sure that you hire a good lawyer. Now, let me tell you something that's tricky about lawyers. Lawyers will do exactly what you tell them to do. But when you're sitting down talking to a lawyer, you got to make sure that you are closing every clause. But you, it is your job, it is our job that when we're writing the trust to say that if something happens to me, I just want to make sure that there's a loophole. So let's just say you have a, a family of siblings and let's just say there's a house involved, four want to sell and one wants to keep the house. What is the clause that you're going to put in place to make sure if this, if the majority is willing to sell the house and the one doesn't, then are you going to disinherit that one? They also have what's called a $1 clause that says that if this person is giving you a hard time, that person only gets $1. That's It's a small clause, but it's a very important clause. So it's important to make sure that you put those extra clause. You got those clauses inside of those wills or trusts. 
trust can be headaches too because it's it's supposed to not bypass the court and not go into probate but depending again the way it's written could go could be hell so let's just say the trust is made out to the estate it's not naming all of the family members that's supposed to inherit the money well that's a problem too so you think okay no problem but in the midst of that you still could you can have inheritance theft that's going on Things can go right under your nose and you don't even know it. This is why it's important to get an objective person. And if you don't want your family members or if to have access to come over because, you know, people are coming through the doors and want to see mama or papa or whoever that is, make sure that you get a lockbox. A lockbox, um, even if you pay a couple of hundred dollars for it, make sure that there's one person that you trust or two people you trust that knows where the key is. So that way people don't have access to the documents coming in the house. And that's how inheritance theft happens. And there's more than one way of inheritance theft. There's, they can put their name as beneficiaries. They can come in and take loans. And then when the person dies, they can say it was a gift. Some of them find sneaky ways to go around and get access to the bank accounts. I mean, it's it's crazy. And if you think that it's just about money, no, 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 no. It could be anything. It can be this little case right here. You know, mom and daddy said that I was going to get this case. So now you got things that come up missing. You know, you have jewelry come up missing, watches come up missing, all kinds of stuff come up missing. All of a sudden people will walk out the door. I've seen people where they wanted um, a stereo or they wanted a TV. Nothing is off the table. So don't ever say that if I die, I don't have, I don't have anything. That's not true. People is, they are eyeing something that you have. Okay. So Larry back here, he's back here hanging behind me because he wasn't a good boy. He was, he stole some money. And so Larry is hang back, hanging back here for the rest of his life until he knows how to say sorry. Can you say sorry, Larry? No. Okay. That's why you're back there. Because people think that inheritance theft is just about the money. Well, really, it's not. A lot of it has to do with the power. So if you've been having a lot of sibling rivalry with you and your family, it's more about taking back the power more than the money. Does that make sense? So you feel like, oh my gosh, they took all the money. Well, they think they deserve all of the money and they'll go back all the way to 1975 to say, well, you know, you did X, Y, and Z. People hold long grudges. And that's another thing about death that I've learned is that you and a person can be cool as cucumbers until that person dies because a lot of people hold on to death. The only thing that keeps you together is the buffer is the person that is alive, the person who you are fighting over the money over. But once that person is gone, the buffer is gone. So all bets are off the table. So now you're seeing things that's coming out in people that you didn't even know, or you didn't even think that they were thinking about the money or they were going to take the money, or you didn't think they were that smart. You'd be amazed. This is, um, it's very important to understand that, like I said, having the conversation, it's a personal story for us, too, because I can remember when my mother-in-law passed away. Before she passed away, she had gotten sick. We thought she was going to die. And um, I remember asking her boldly, I said, you know, Miss Leonora, do you have a trust? And she said, yeah, it's right there. <laughs> and I said, right where? So finally, she ended up, unfortunately, she passed away. And so we went to New York to for her funeral and um, we just went to bury her. We didn't even think that there was a will at this point. 
And it wasn't until we went over the, the day before the funeral, we went over to her sister's house and she's the one that revealed that there was a will. My husband has a brother and he says, well, I'm power of attorney, but we still didn't know what that meant. Well, you mean power of attorney of what? And people don't understand power of attorney only exists when the person is alive. When the person is alive, once the person passes away, you are no longer, there's no longer a power of attorney. There is only the executors. Okay, so make note of that. Um, come to find out, yes, she had a will named both my husband and the brother in the will and the property um, that she left for both of the brothers. Well, of course, the brother, knowing he knew about the will because he lived in that state and it ended up being a big fight. We ended up having to hire a lawyer. It was very nasty because we thought it was a win-win situation and turns out we paid the lawyer money and the lawyer still did not um, probate the will. And here's why. Because the lawyer never revealed to us that she was a uh, she was not a real estate lawyer. So if you're ever if you ever want to probate a will that involves property, please make sure that you get a real estate lawyer. That's very important. I couldn't believe that we had hired an attorney and we didn't know how to ask the question. But again, that's the sidebar. And in the end, at the end of the day, we paid money and still didn't get the property and it's still pending to this day. And this was years ago, but it was a learning lesson to us because um, had we have known that Number one, they were not, well, uh, it was a team of them. If they were not um, real estate lawyers, we would have looked for another lawyer. And number two, the lawyers are not going to give you the information up front to tell you that if you lose the case, you still have to pay them the money. So here's the other thing I want to talk about inheritance theft. When someone steals the money, right? So you found out Larry back here, he took the money and you want to go back and you, you want to get the money back and, and split that money. It is a civil matter. So now you got to go to court and you have to prove. You have to prove to that lawyer that the parent was of sound mind and body when he was or she was the beneficiary. That's the part. So you got to make sure you have all your documents in a row. If the parent was diagnosed as being ill, you have to show that date that the parent was diagnosed at that time and check it against the date that that person became the beneficiary. That's important. And even then, there's no guarantee. If for whatever reason, the person um, spends up all the money, it's up to the judge to decide what they're going to do. Um, if they're going to make him pay it back, um, maybe you're able to put a lien or put a judgment on that person's property. It, it just all depends. Like I said, in our case, um, when my brother-in-law didn't pay towards the property, the courts did nothing. And they told us that we would have to pay all over again to probate the property. Well, it's not worth it at this point. And let me tell you, let me give you an idea what it costs to get a probate lawyer. And this was years ago. If they're nice enough to give you a flat rate fee, it's about $7,000. And this is why people do not go to court. And this is why you don't hear about um, inheritance theft often, because by the time people are hit with the fees, well, they don't have that those type of thousands of dollars to pay out. And even if they do have a quarter of the money and they lose the case, they're still on the hook for paying the lawyer. Okay, so that's important to know. 
Um, the next thing you want to do is make sure that, like, like I said, you're going to hire an executive, an independent executor, somebody that's going to be objective. Um, also making sure, let's go back again, you get the health power attorney. Okay. A good show to watch though, I want to tell you guys is it's old, but you can get it on Amazon is the will family secrets reveal. I'm telling you this hap It's crazy how people die and they leave wills and the, the poor children are fighting for the money. These men are marrying women and these women are taking all the money and not leaving anything to the children. That's a big thing that goes on too the new wives, they come in and steal everything and there's nothing that you can really do. And so we got to make sure that we're protecting ourselves at all times. But this is where I really want to get into and talk about when it comes to family dynamics, family dynamics. Um, you know, back in our days, or and I'll say in my parents' days, they don't talk about anything. Let's go back to that. Parents don't really talk about anything. They don't talk about, uh, their monies, everything is a secret. They have bank accounts they don't talk about. Uh, let me see what else. And they will not sit down and deal with having to feel like they have to choose one child over the other. They may know that one child is more responsible, but sometimes they have fear factors that will not allow them to sit down. And I've heard people straight out say, look, I don't care once I'm gone, it's not gonna matter. So now the living is left to fight, which is not a good thing. The living is left to fight. But I just wanted to go over a couple of things with you all. Let's see here. Let me see if I can get here. So I'm going to go over. Um, I talked about the undocumented loans. There's other information such as forging and destroying documents. Yes. So it says in some cases, a family member or advisor might prepare a fake will or a fake Amendment to a real will, giving the forger a bigger slice of the inheritance of the pie. For instance, imagine a parent who leaves most of his estate to a disabled child who cannot take care of herself. If the older sibling of the disabled child were to destroy the will, then the parents would be considered to have died interstate and the money would be distributed equally amongst the siblings. Okay, and then how to protect the heirs. The best method of protecting your wishes is through a well-written estate plan, such as a plan that includes a detailed will, a power of attorney, and trust for your assets. For each of these documents, you will need a consult to consult a well-vetted estate attorney. Okay, a well-vetted state attorney to make sure your wishes are legally binding. You got to make sure that you are asking the right questions when you're talking to these lawyers. Another thing that I would advise, this is a binder. In this binder, it has everything. It has bill information. It has the, um, the life insurance in here. It has the health power of attorney. And it has the trust. Okay. So healthcare directive, last will and testament, obituary information, all of that. If you guys sign up with ministry, I'm going to tell you to go to, if you sign up with ministryandwellness.com, I will send you the free template. But this binder you can get at Staples. It's best if you have everything in one place. That's the other thing we're going to skip over to. So we talked about 
inheritance theft, we know that's one part. Now I want to also talk a little bit about um, funeral costs and pre-need. It's Halloween that has to do with scary and death and all that. And this is the other thing that people do not like to talk about. And I've heard people say, even my own family member, I don't want to talk about it. Yes, we got to talk about it. So in the event that someone dies, hopefully they have a life insurance policy. If for whatever reason they don't have a life insurance policy, maybe they have what's called a pre-need. A pre-need is when you go down to the actual mortuary and you take out a life insurance for the mortuary. It usually will cover the service. It will cover the casket, the flowers, the limousines. Um, however, if you want to have the burial, that's separate. Then you'll have to go to the burial and you'll have to do a, um, a pre-need for the burials. Two separate things. If you have a life insurance policy, many people may not know this. If you have a life insurance policy, you can take that life insurance policy to the mortuary, okay? And they will use that as, as collateral to pay for the mortuary, but you still have to pay out of your pocket for the burial. So if you don't have that money. So that's why you see a lot of people now when they don't have pre-needs or you see people doing fish fries or you see people on the, on the streets trying to collect money. You know, think about even collecting money on the street. If you collect $3,000, that's just barely, um, barely enough for a cremation. Pre-needs would be the best way to go. And also with pre-needs, pre-needs lock in the price. So let's, and usually a pre-need life insurance policy can last about five, let me see about the payment is about five years, just depending, it locks in the price. I just learned that when my aunt passed away, she got her pre-need so many years ago. I think she might've got it about maybe 10 years ago. And um, when we looked over her policy, the guy, the, uh, the, the man at the mortuary was telling us, he said, boy, look at this, $75, $50 for a singer. He said, do you know that same singer would be $200 right now? So they honor the price of the, of the pre-need. So it locks in the price. So usually when you go into a, um, a mortuary and you don't have a pre-need or you don't have a life insurance policy, they love to see you coming because now that they can bank on your emotions and get you to spend money that you don't even have. And that causes another fight. And that also kind of dips back into the inheritance because if you're the person that's, if you're the um, financial power of attorney, you may need some of that money back in order to pay the expenses that you are paying out of your pocket. And so that's, that's, that's the other misnomer that people think. They think that as soon as the person closed their eyes, all of a sudden, um, you're going to have this big bank account of money and you're going to get access to the money right away. And no, this is a procedure. The person, you got to wait to even get a death certificate. Everything freezes. Everything is on hold unless you happen to have access to the money. And again, really, you should not do anything. Consult the lawyer. Consult the lawyer. Look, it is not worth going to jail. People have gone to jail over inheritance theft. It's, it's no joke. So I just want to make sure that people really, really understand family, parents, talk to your children, talk to them and have that hard conversation. Me and my mom have this conversation all the time. And even with her, I had to get her to write a trust. I'm like, mom, you need to write a trust. If you don't, we're going to be SOL out here. 
you know, she thought, oh, Maxine, well, no, everything, it's just there. Same thing. It's just there. No, mom, it's not just there. You, I need for you to understand some things. Um, help, let's go over, under, let's understand the, the mortgage. Let's understand what's owed on it. Let's understand what happens to this property. So there's a lot of different things that need to be talked about. And it's a conversation that people do not want to have. We'll spend our money. We'll go party. We'll do all these different things. But we don't want to have this scary conversation about making sure that we're um, handling our inheritances. We're handling the life insurance, pre-needs. Um, I just heard from one of one of my friends that they're doing a fundraiser for his mom because they found out that there is a clause there was a clause in her life insurance that didn't cover for covid and his mom is older and i'm like well damn when did they come up with that i don't know what the clause says but she had a policy she was paying on and they're not paying out so that's the other thing look at the clauses of these life insurance policies especially if they're whole life policies, because those really have a lot of different clauses. You want to make sure that it's going to pay out. Again, if you need to take it to a lawyer, go take it to a lawyer. And also for the um, going back to the healthcare directive, those are even free. If you go to your doctor and you ask for a healthcare directive, it's free. It doesn't cost anything. Or unless you know someone that um, sells prepaid legal with prepaid legal, they'll draft a will for you for free. Now, the will is mainly like a template, but you can put in the information that you want. At least it's something, something in writing. Okay. You just want to make sure that you have something in writing. Make sure that you got it um, all put together because, again, at the end of the day, this is something that everyone goes through, but it's something that no one, nobody really wants to deal with. And people will always say to me, I, I will always ask, especially if I know if you own a home, I'm like, do you have a trust? Yeah, we'll get one. We'll get one. OK, so the other thing is. If you're especially if you're a married couple. If one of you pass away. That means that you're only now relying on one income for yourself. So this is why it's important that you have to have these things in writing. And the other thing that I found because I, I work as a um, with a Medicare advisor is that I've heard often the conversation is that the wives, if their husband passed before they do, the wives don't know anything. The husband handles everything. And now that I'm talking more to these elderly couples, I'm finding out that that's how it is. The men always handle the everything. You know, they're like, I'm the one that handled it. Well, I'm handling if they're if the husband is alive, he'll tell me, yes, I'm the one that handles handles everything. Um, but the wives, if the husband passes, they're lost. They're like, I'm just going to tell you right now, I'm, you know, I'm lost. So husbands and wives, you all need to have conversations on each other. What do you have as far as if something if someone passes away, what are you going to do? What are you going to leave to the children and Sisters, if you have if you have a husband that has outside children or you have stepchildren, you really want to make sure that your living trust is together or your will is together because those kids can come and fight you. They can come and fight you. That is a thing. So, you know, I just want to leave you guys with that. And hopefully I hope didn't scare you guys. Larry didn't scare you guys too bad, but he's going to stay up there you know, through Halloween, because I, I will say this on this note, is that when it comes to greed and when it comes to thinking that you're getting over, let me tell you something. 
when they say for the love of money is the root of all evil, that is really the truth because no amount of money can ever, 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 ever capture your spirit. You know what I'm saying? Because you're trading one thing for another. We forget that one day that we're going to get old one day. We think it's good now that, yes, I stole the money. I got the money. But what happened when you run through it? And you never know who's going to be here for you. It may be one of those siblings that's going to have to wipe your behind because that's really what it you know ends up at the end of the day. Who's going to wipe our behind? You have screwed over everybody for these dollars. Will that be worth it for you? You may think it's worth it now, but will it be worth it for you in the end? And especially when it comes to your health, because let me tell you, health is the real wealth. If you don't have health, you don't have anything. You don't have health. You don't have anything. So make sure when you decide that you want to swipe all that money and you want to take it all for yourself, that it's worth it for you because it will cost you. Yep. Health is wealth. It will cost you. Whether you want to know, um, whether you want to believe that or not. And siblings, you know, it always hurts my heart when I see siblings fight over money because it's money that nobody earned. It's not your it's not your blood, sweat and tears. You're fighting over something that you did not earn. You should not be expecting that money. If someone decides that they want to gift you some money, then that's a blessing. That's that's a blessing for you. Nobody owes you anything. You didn't work for that. So to me, you have to make the decision, like what's what's worth it to you? Sometimes you got to really pick your battles because I'm telling you, when I was going through that, right, you're not entitled <laughs> at all. People, but people think that they they are. I've seen people where parents left a house for one child and an apartment building for the other. But the one that owned the house still wants the apartment building. It's like, what? I'm like, you got the house. And she, they got the apartment. She said, well, I believe that I, I'm entitled. And that's how people feel. And for that, they will not. I'm telling you, you got civil, civil rivalry, sibling rivalry because of that. They want it all. People want it all. You've got some people don't want nothing to do with the parents, but they'll take all their material wealth. They'll take it all. I'm telling you. We are living in a world of greed. Greed is a culture in itself. We know that for sure. Greed is a culture in itself. And it's sad to see that people are willing to break up relationships over money. And um, nothing that's obtained the wrong way, no good is ever going to come from that. It just won't. But it's Saturday afternoon here, and I'm not going to be out here long. I just wanted to just step in and just talk to you guys about the, you know, about inheritance theft and just be wary you know, just make sure that you're having the conversation with your parents. That's all I'm saying. If you're the children right now listening to this, have the conversation with your parents, you know, or ask them probing questions. Not don't because sometimes you remember you gotta be careful with the elderly because they're they're very protective and fearful. What you want to take off? What are you trying to take? No, no mom or no dad. I'm not trying to take anything. I just want to make sure, God forbid, something happens to you, we know what to do. You know how Larry is. He's the one always hunting around here looking for five dollars. You know, mom, don't leave me like that. I mean have that conversation. Mom, don't leave me like that. Don't leave me like that. You know, if I would have known when my mother-in-law was alive, I would have said, Ms. Leonora, you know how your son is. 
<laughs> please, if there's anything you need to tell us, please let us know now because you know how he is. And sure enough, he acted a fool on us. He did. All because she just did not want to deal with it. She didn't want to deal with it. And we were left to deal with it. And people feel like, well, I'm not here anymore. That's y'all problem. It's in writing somewhere. So we have to have those tough conversations, whether we like it or not. Make sure that we are talking to our family, having that open conversation. You know, we visit each other at, look, the holidays are coming up. Isn't that not the perfect time? Thanksgiving is coming up. Christmas is coming up. You know, that's a good time to sit down with your family members and have the conversation. Have the conversation with your siblings and put all that BS you guys have from the past and all that stuff. It's because at the end of the day, it's going to be somebody that's going to have to handle the business. And you guys are going to have to come together whether you like it or not. It is what it is. And I just want to let you know that's just how it is. So don't wait till a loved one passes away to decide how you're going to handle things. And then everybody's running around like a chicken with no head, you know. And oh, what you got? You want to jump in, Cindy? Oh, my God. You have just reminded me. Uh, My my uh, uncle on my other side, he passed. He had cancer. And his friend would come visit. His friend worked in Rikers Island with him. And he would come visit him while he was sick. And he would sit there. I, I have never seen the guy, but nonetheless. And he would talk to his daughter, his daughters, his, his kids. And then when he passed, do you know this man coerced one of the kids to take the will and redo it? He said, your father didn't have insurance because he has cancer, which was a lie. Your father can't afford that. You, how are you going to pay? You're only 20 something years old. Come, come. Um, we're going to get a, what is it? A notary, a lawyer. And he had her sign it and two other family members. They've never owned young. And then no one went to the elders. When the elders found out that the house was signed over to the friend he worked with. He didn't even show up at the man's funeral. Sometimes it's not about money. Sometimes people are just wicked. That whole time, and that's what he did on the low, was flip houses. Ah. You know, that's a really sad story, Cindy. I cannot believe that the children didn't say, hold on, let me go check with auntie, uncle. But they trusted a stranger. Yeah. And then they said, well, he said that he didn't. He, they said, it's like, well, why didn't you speak to his brothers and sisters? Why would you listen to a coworker? Why? Because he was sitting near his bed. But see, again, you know, and I, probably because there was, they were so young, maybe the dad felt like he couldn't talk to them in a way that they would listen? I'm going to be honest with you. I, I was, he used to call me his secretary. Anytime he had problem, anytime money was missing from his account, he would call me. And on the last year of his life, I said to him, I said, Juan, you can't keep coming to me. You have to show your children. You have right. to tell them because mm -hmm. I don't want them to ever think, you're not, you're not Caribbean people are. You know, they're Panamanian. 
you, I said, you don't want anybody to ever say I took anything, right? I've seen things happen when I was little. So I, I have enough common sense to say, bring your children in and just let them know what you have. The man had about, the man had $20,000 in his bank account. He had over, I want to say like 200,000. Do you get what I'm saying? He had these things. But the friend didn't know that. And I don't, he never really got around to telling his, they're naive. Do you get what I'm saying? I said, that's what happens when you don't tell your, you make them naive. That's right. Lost. That's why I always tell my children, I want to, I want to make sure you could survive when I leave. Mm -hmm. So what do you want to do with your life? You want to be a dictator? Let me walk you through what you, you want to be a bum? Let's go to the train station, start begging. I want to know, you know how to survive when I'm gone. Because this world is wicked. Yes, it it is wicked. That's how you protect your children. Tell them the truth. I got a dollar. I got a million dollars. Tell them the truth. This is it. No, it's it's a it's a crazy thing. That's what I'm trying to say. The parents they're so used to giving to the children, they don't give them the opportunity to um, be responsible. And so the kids, a lot of times, they're. I'm not saying that's the case for his children, but a lot of times the kids are spoiled. And so they don't think that they can handle it. Or they're afraid that if I tell them I have this money, they're going to want my money. They're going to want my stuff. And that's a, that's the other fear, too. So then they say nothing. OK, so say nothing, but tell an elderly that this is what it is. You know, but the fact that that man was able to come in and manipulate those children and get them to sign off on that property is just pure wicked and now they don't have a home the crazy part is that was his second home he went through a moment where you know sometimes women want to get married when they have children with you and didn't want to marry he didn't but he was he's an old school the kind of dude that comes home with his check and gives it to you (sighs) they don't make those anymore give you Mm -hmm. the check like, let me just take a hundred for the week. This is the way he was. So he moves his baby mother in and he gives her all the access to the bills. He says, I'll give you the money. You'll pay the mortgage. He had the house for six months. One day he comes home, Marshall locked it up. You know, she kept every penny for six months and she moved to freaking South Carolina. He lost mm. the first home. It took him years to build his credit up. And to know that this man rose from the ashes, got another home. And somebody still came in, somebody still came in, and even she was looking to come to this house. Wow. Vultures, like vultures. I'm telling you, like you said, it don't always be about money, but people are like, they don't want to work for their own stuff. And they're just, oh, it's mine. Yeah, no one's entitled to any goddamn thing. You have to work for what you want. That's what I'm saying. People are not entitled to the money, but they feel that they are and how they justify it is that they say, well, you know what? My siblings were horrible. You know, they make up, and that's the other thing in this article. I'm going to, when you post this, I'm going to send this to you so you can post this because everything I'm reading is from this 
article and it's saying what the parents will do. I mean, what the children will do will go over to the elderly parents and tell them, you know, your children, they don't come over and take care of you. They're not taking, they're not taking care of you, mom. I'm going to take care of you. Me and my wife, we're going to take care of you, mama. And the ones that, and the mom is sitting there like, yeah, because it could depend on how, what the mood she's at and she's in. And it also she's dealing with dementia at the time and she's feeling lonely. And that can sound like, yeah, that's right. Where are they? They're not here. You are. Okay. And so then they write up some documents and boom, just like that, they're out of the money and nobody would see it coming. And you underestimate, that's the other part. You underestimate what people will do. You think, oh, they're not smart. They're not going to do it. Let me tell you, when it comes to money, people get very resourceful, Cindy. I've seen it over and over again. People get very resourceful. They'll go find people to help them to gather the money. I know people who saw the will. I have an uncle. He saw the will. They have different dads because my grandfather is his father. Mm -hmm. And his sister reached down there before his, for the funeral. And then he goes to the lawyers and they're like, yeah, we had a will. And now the will is missing. Now yep. the sister lives in the house. The sister took the house over. But you know what my uncle said? Let mm -hmm. her have it. The house is 60 year old, 60 years old. She has no money. It's falling apart. She's like, brother, help me. He's like, nah, you figure it out. You want to steal it? You want to steal it from me? He said, I had no problem sharing it with her. But she right. wants to steal, let her handle it. Let the hinges fall off. In the Absolutely. And, and that's the other part, Cindy, is that most of the time, the person who's the financial executor over it, they want to do the right thing. They're like, okay, we're going to split the money. But damn, you didn't give me a chance. You stole the money. You didn't give them a chance to stole the money before they even had a chance. And so that's what I'm trying to say is that because they're so into the power of it and feel rightfully so. But at the end of the day, it has to eat them inside because let me tell you something. When you do something like that, it's like somebody walking into your house and say, oh, I really like that couch. I like that TV and stealing from you while you're sitting right there. There's a price. You think you're going to walk out of here with my stuff? No, there's a price to pay for everything. You want this money? This money? Let's go to court for it. Fight me for it. You know, because you don't get to just come in and just take it all. And everybody has an individual story about who does what. And we understand the family dysfunctions and it happens. It happens in all races. It happens in all cultures. But at the end of the day, um, when I used to do life insurance and I would talk to people, it was the hardest thing, Cindy, because nobody wants to talk about death. Nobody wants to talk about the inheritance. Nobody, you know, when you're trying to talk to people about these sensitive topics, I'm telling you, they don't want to have the conversation. They don't want to have it. I keep telling them, get a trust. You may have to, you don't like, it takes time. I don't get me wrong. It does take time, but it is worth it. You want to make sure that you leave your family at ease. I mean, damn, even if it's on a piece of toilet paper signed, I mean, so, leave something, leave something to say what it is to, you know, what you want them to do. You know what they treat it like? They treat it like a teenager hiding a pregnancy. That's because right. Normally, when someone <laughs> is pregnant, we plan, we buy stuff, we have baby showers, we're bringing you into the world. Why are you treating this like a teenage pregnancy where you're hiding it and now all of a sudden you're like, well, where the hell did that baby come from? 
Because now the person drops dead and you don't know what to do. How are you going to feed the baby? How are you going to clothe the baby? And, and that's what I'm saying. And here's the other thing. People have policies and they don't even tell the kids that there's a policy. I, I would go into people's homes and I would say, they say, I have a policy. I don't need it. I said, well, where is it? They go, you know, I don't know. I think it's in the garage. And I would always ask them, well, if something happens to you, who's going to know? Like there's a policy. When my aunt passed away this year, do you know how many policies I had to call to find out if any of them were active? The last policy she had, she stopped paying on and did not tell us. Luckily, luckily it was enough to um, for her vault. Luckily, because she went back to pay for her vault, but something happened where she stopped paying. I don't know. If she, I think it was something going on with her bank account and she stopped paying, but she didn't tell anybody. She didn't tell her husband. She didn't tell us. And so we had to figure it out. So this is why I, I like having these conversations is because I, I personally went through it. I went through it with my aunt. We couldn't find shit. I'm telling you, I was looking through and they have a big house. I was looking from the front of the house, from the rooter to the tutor, trying to find paperwork, trying to find documents, trying to find information. And that's when I and that's when I came in and I said, OK, everything's going to go right here in this one binder. <laughs> Everything is going to go in this binder, I said, because I don't want you guys looking for everything for me. If it's not in here, trust it's in my wallet, you know, and that's where all my information is. I said, because what I had to go through with her. And my aunt was the kind that was always wanting to be over everybody. Like she wanted to make sure everybody else, you know, in their business, that's how she was like, cause she, you know, that's how she was. But when it came to her own stuff, she wasn't on top of it as much as we thought she was. So that's why I say it's so important to have this conversation. We got to have it. Thanksgiving is coming up. You maybe not. OK, I ain't going to give you Christmas, but Thanksgiving is a good time to sit down with the family. Hey, let's sit and have this little powwow, have a little meeting. Look, we'll go out for drinks. We'll go out to party. We'll go to Disney. We'll do all these get get together and we can electric slide together real good. Y'all want to do it on electric slide? We could get on the dance floor and have the conversation. <laughs> I don't care how you do it. Have the conversation. Well, I wanted to ask you because you said something so brilliant, which was go to ministryandwellness.com. And then you had like that stuff. I thought that was genius. So I want to hear more about that. How do we get more information? So if you want to go, if you go to ministryandwellness.com and all you have to do is put, um, just put will and trust. I'm going to send you a template that I made up of all the information of what you need to do. Um, as far as writing, what you need to collect to put in that binder. I'm going to even tell you in that same document, it also will tell you what to do in the event when someone dies, what to do. You know, you need to call the Social Security office. You need to call carriers, you know, and create all these different things that you need to do, because most people, they just don't know what to do. And so and the mortuary will get you the death certificate. So you don't have to worry about that. But what I'm saying is that at least if you go to ministryandwellness.com, just put will and trust, I'll send it to you for free. I just want to get the information out because at the end of the day, we don't, it's the conversation, like you said, it's like hiding the pregnancy. We will hide the pregnancy. And you think that these people that are driving around Cindy in these nice cars and live in these nice houses, you think 
they're the ones that have it together. I'm here to tell you they're the ones that least have it together. They are the least prepared people. I, I was amazed. It's the most prepared people that I see are the ones that are on low income, um, that just barely scraping by, barely putting their money together. And they, they're the ones that make their monthly payments every single month because they know what it is to struggle. And what they don't want is to leave their children behind to struggle. They don't want um, that. That's what that has been my experience. We don't, they don't want to see their, their children struggle. So they'll pay their money. And, the, and even one of my clients, um, she, because I still, even though I do life insurance, I still have clients. And one of my clients came to me and she says, well, you know, I think I want to increase my life insurance. I said, why? She said, because she want to make sure that her daughter is okay. I said, do not increase your life insurance. I said, take that money and put it on a preemie for your burial. Do that. I said, because they're going to be fine. You think that they're not going to be good? They're doing this because you're alive. So of course they're leaning on you. I said, but if you pass away, um, they're going to make it. I had to let her know that they're going to be all right. This you thinking they're not going to be all right. If you want to take extra money, put it on your pre-need. Start that today. And she's like, okay. So that would be the advice is that, you know, we got to stop um, enabling these grown adult children thinking that they're not going to uh, be okay. They're going to be fine. They're going to make it because guess what? It's either sink or swim. The gravy train is over. And that's the other thing. You have a lot of these, you have a lot of adult children and the parents are taking care, not only of the children, they're taking care of the grandchildren. And so Eventually, you have to know that God forbid anything happens to my to my mother or my father. What will be my plan B? What is my plan B if my parent passes away? So, again, yes, you can go here to ministryandwellness.com. You can just go to subscribe. Just subscribe and just put will and trust in the comments. And that way, um, and also if you'd like to buy some CBD while you're there, sure, why not? <laughs> you can get some CBD. I also do um, make sure I have alternative solutions for your stress, anxiety. But yeah, you just fill out that form and have, put that information there. And I'll definitely send you that update because like I said, this is a conversation that we don't have. I am a licensed life and health and cover California certified. I'm also Medicare certified. And I hear a lot of different conversations each and every day. I hear the conversations from when the spouses die, what the why, what the survivors are going through. I hear from family members, you know, when the money was stolen, what the family is going through. So there's a lot of variations when it comes to, you know, like I said, inheritance theft, making sure that we are doing proper estate planning, making sure that we're going online. There's another uh, site called Will and Trust, willandtrust.com, where you can get a trust. They even let you make payment plans. And I think the whole trust costs maybe $400. You don't have to spend two and $3,000 on the trust. You can go to Will and Trust. And if you happen to need more detail, then yes, you may pay a little more. But there's somebody right there that's going to help walk you through the process along the way as you're creating the trust. So let's just make sure we're handling our business, just like we're getting together for the picnics, just like we're getting together for the holidays. Let's get together and have an estate planning conversation 
because whether you want to deal with it or not, you are going to have to deal with it. I'm not going to say or not. You will have to deal with it. Someone in your family will have to deal with it. Do not be left scrambling, you know, um, because you don't want to have the difficult conversation. Yes, trust and will. So trust and will, you can go there. Very walk through. It's an easy walk through template. They let you make payments. I think you can make four payments, you know, of like $75 or $85. So come on now. We drop that basically on a meal. So it's just about making sure that we shift our priorities and making sure that we're taking care of our families, you know, but I'd still have to go back to, to, to us as black people, because for us, you know, when we say that many of us who say we're in the conscious community, but even in the conscious community, we're talking about, yeah, power to the people, but we're still not having this conversation. This to me is about what's about the conscious community as far as I'm concerned. We have to have these conversations. Don't assume because a person looks good on the outside that they got it all together. So yes, with this, you can get a trust, you can get a will, you can appoint a guardian, create an estate plan for your loved one. It, does, it doesn't break the bank. This is who I went through, by the way, to get my trust because I we went, we went to a seminar in Los Angeles, well, right here in Inglewood, and we listened to that lady talk to us for an hour and she wanted to charge us um, $7,000 for a trust. And we were like, hell to the no. It has to be a cheaper way to do this. The only thing that you'll have to do when you do the will and trust is that you'll have to um, hire a notary. So I have a friend who was a travel notary. She came over and she notarized all the documents. And then the other thing, you just have to get two people that are not a part of the trust to be a witness. Okay. So somebody that's not named in the trust can be a witness. So just get two witnesses and get the document notarized. That's all you have to do. They even mail it to you. Let me show you how to mail it. You can get the electronic copy and they send it to you like this too. And if you need to go back and amend it, you can give them a call and you can go back and amend your trust, okay? I don't make any money off of that, <laughs> off of telling you this. I just want to be able to spread the love and the information, okay? But I thank y'all for coming in today. And Larry, you're going to be good. I don't know. Larry looked like he's still mad. So at the end of the day, let's just work on doing the right thing. And that's, like I said, the horrors of dealing with not just inheritance theft, dealing with death of a loved one, dealing with not having a health care directive. Um, and I'll just say that that's very important, that healthcare directive, you cannot advocate on your loved one's behalf if you are not, if you don't have a healthcare directive or a health power attorney in place. You don't want these doctors to make decisions over your parents, or if you want your parent moved from one skilled nursing facility to another, they can't even talk to you on the phone if you don't have that health power attorney in place. And the health power attorney does not expire, Okay. So it doesn't expire. Now they also have, I'll say this lastly, they do have what's called a HIPAA form that you can complete. But again, they cannot divulge um, health information. There's still the law in place to protect the, um, the members, you know, your loved one's health. But if you want to be able to make decisions on your loved one's behalf, you have to have that health power attorney or that health power directive. So all that stuff that I just talked about today go all goes hand to hand like a soup. 
You throw it all in the pot, the meat, potatoes, all of it. It all goes together. And I thank you all for listening for me today on this Halloween Eve. I was going to say one more thing. I have a yeah. daughter that is 69 years old. Mm-hmm. And when she was a mm-hmm. child, she was diagnosed as mentally uh, disabled. Okay. And her, she was the only child. What's worse than having no children one? Um, and her mother left her to the state. Didn't have family. Left her and the home. Do you know the house is up for sale? Because they've now talked this woman into going and sitting in an apartment. Her whole life, grew up in the house. The guardians that got left are now about to make money. Do you know how much houses go for in New York now? This house, they bought this house in 1950. Did you know... Did you know there was a whole documentary on Netflix about that? These guardians coming in and putting these people out of their own homes. And they're all in cahoots. The guardian, the lawyers. It is insane. And these are people and that and that and the person you're talking about, she was mentally incapacitated. Some of them are not. They're just elderly. And they come in and they can just deem you um, incompetent. And take all your property. That is a real thing. And that's really sad that that, that's what I'm saying. People need to be watch out for your family. If they see that you don't have anybody around you to advocate for you, it's anybody's bet that that can come in. So if my mom was here by herself, my mom, somebody could have come in here and tell my mom something. And then next thing you know, she's out the door. It's, it happens. It happens. That is a real thing. Yes. They will put you out of the property. The guardian come and and they just find a family member, by the way, they find a family member, a long distance family member to come in on your behalf and they get paid. Once the house sells, they get some of that money for being the executor of the, um, the guardian executor. I'm telling you, it's a lot. It's a lot that goes on here. So that's why I tell people, advocate, keep your eyes on the prize. If you are, if you're the one that's taking care of your parent, please just go in and check. Call all the companies. If you know that your parents have life insurance or annuities, just call the company every now and again. Say, hey, you know, don't wait till the parent dies. Get everything in order before they die. Because once they pass away, everything is hard to fight. You it's it. It's shut, done deal. Now you have to advocate and now you have to um, deal with this stuff because, you know, the dead can't speak. They can't come back and say, well, this person coerced me to do this. Or they can't come out and say, well, I didn't know that they signed that document. It's, it's, it's a done deal. So that's why we always have to make sure that we're checking in along the way, even though we don't like to deal with it or have that conversation. It's a necessary one, because if you don't have it now, you will be having it at some point. But I thank you all for joining me today. And I thank you for being here with Ismus Max Health and Culture. And I will see you next time. Thank you again, Cindy. Love you dearly, sis. Have a happy hello. Flawed individual. Thanks for keeping the lights on, Deanne. Cindy Ashley Production. Ashley Production. Ashley Production. On the wake up.